I fell into a ring of fire. I fell in. Welcome to Fever FM. Tonight we're talking the return of the A-League to Wellington, finally. And I'm joined by Dale, Cam, Tracy and Dave. Good to see it back. Very good to see it back. Very, very, very good. Welcome back, Dave. I think that goes without saying, doesn't it? Fresh off a two-week suspension. Yeah. Yeah. Did you two foot somewhere else? For the, uh, the red card, yeah. Well, last last week honestly was terrible. I I didn't get home till like midnight. It was the worst. Oh well, glad to have you here, mate. Uh, we get to discuss real football too, so you've timed it beautifully. Uh, should we just crack straight into the Phoenix game, uh, playing Adelaide in front of uh, just under nine thousand uh, lucky fans in what was reasonable conditions? Uh, it was not the best start, should we say? We were terrible for about 15, 20 minutes to start this off. Just, just terrible. Um, I, I don't know that you can really say anything more than that. We didn't, we didn't look at all like the team we'd, we'd just been in, in preseason. You know, the Australia Cup had given us a decent run and we actually looked like we were playing some okay football and then we forgot how to do that for 20 minutes. Yeah, we were horrendous. Absolutely awful. We barely get a kick. I think they had two shots before we'd had more than five passes. It was just, yeah, it was, it was awful. Um, felt like i think we talked about this uh possibly last week how it could have gone the way where you know they're playing in front of the crowds and they're just it's the pressure too, the pressure is too much and they, yeah maybe there's um they didn't react particularly well to it that's for sure uh, to give adelaide a bit more credit i think that they were they were good with the ball they they didn't give it away cheaply i think that that was that was key to it uh, they didn't seem to put a as much as they had uh, shots on goal, they didn't. It didn't feel like they had good opportunities. Just a lot of possession. Dave said twenty minutes. I think it was probably closer to ten. I think, or, or maybe fifteen. And then we kind of got a grip in the game a little bit more. Started getting a bit more ball, and then obviously the red card happened. But yeah, as I, say, I think Adelaide, you know, had lots, lots of shots, but not really anything to test sale too much. You know, there's a couple of long range efforts, um, but nothing that you wouldn't expect him to. You know, to scoop up every day of the week. Yeah, he made he made like one one save, one good save. I think in about the sixth minute, the diving left-handed one to push it wide of the post. But for the life of me, I can't think of anything else that tested him at all. Or oh, he got a test later on hmm. to the testies. Testy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, that was quite a bit later. But yeah, I just I agree that for all the position and territory territory, they didn't feel like they were really testing us. No, it felt like the first 15 minutes we were well under the pump and then five, five or seven minutes after that we kind of started balancing out a bit. Um, we should probably just get straight into that red card because, let's face it, we're probably going to spend a fair bit of time talking about it. About, I think it was 25 minutes in, um, Jan Sass has gone up for uh, what's a bouncing bobbly ball about hip height uh, along with, uh, was it Halloran? Lopez. Lopez. They've both gone to uh, reach boot up to roughly hip height. Uh, and I 
believe Sass actually made contact with it, but unfortunately his planted foot slipped out on him and he ended up accidentally two-footing um, Lopez. Is anyone going to dispute that this was a red card, albeit accidental? Can I just slightly dispute your description of two foot? Two foot. Yeah, I, I don't think there's two feet in this. Really? I, I, okay. Yeah, I, no, I absolutely. No, I think it, like I watched the replay last night and I slowed it down frame by frame, and I don't even think his leading foot collects him. Like his, but before Lopez, when he goes down, Sasa's right foot, which is his slipping leg, or maybe his left foot, slipping leg, is past his ankle before he comes down so i think it's more of a he clicks him with sort of like well i think maybe like you know upper calf kind of area something like that so while there is the kind of force from this from the from the slip it's by no means um you know stud on on ankle as as it's perhaps um on first view and and i think i think maybe if it's one of those ones where if he called it a yellow i'm not sure it would have been upgraded like i feel like it's kind of that maybe that slightly orange where sort of card where it might have been on the, on the flip side it might not have changed either but um yeah i, I don't disagree that it's, it, it's a red but i think if he gave a yellow in the first instance i'm not sure there's enough to upgrade it i think i think there's enough contact from the studs because i agree with you the, the contact on his kind of shin is not from studs it's not it's not ankle at best i think his studs might graze across his boot a little and then it's more like his leg catches him. But there's a lot of contact there. It's dangerous. I think it, it's a higher threshold than just reckless. And so I, I have no problem with it being a red card. At the, at the ground, uh, the replays we got were, were pretty shit, to be honest. And I, I was interested in the other high boot the other way as well because it didn't look very good. Um, and the way he brings his foot down looks a bit like he cocked um, sus around the crotch kind of level with his own studs as he planted his foot, which obviously... You know, they were both in awkward positions. Both of them, there was no intent. It wasn't like he stomped them or anything. But on first replays at the ground, it looked a little like there might be something the other way too. But obviously, Sass was the one who kind of came in first, made the biggest contact. Um, but on watching it later, I don't think that's the case. But yeah, certainly the big screen at the stadium didn't help with that view of the crowd. It's interesting on the replay, it, um, Sass actually lifts up his shorts to show the, the scrape mark from the stud mark. So... I saw I saw that live and thought it was interesting. I'm just watching yeah. the replay now, and honestly, I mean, I haven't got a close up and I haven't slowed it down, but it looks like he, it's entirely accidental. But he is definitely two footed him. I can't see, and I can see why the ref has immediately gone. That's a red card because you know it, it wouldn't have been overturned on VAR. I think it might have been upgraded on VAR, but um, from the angle the ref is uh, at, which is behind the directly behind the play, there's nothing. To suggest, like it just looks two-footed, completely two-footed. So, yeah, that's a, you'll, every day of the week you're getting a red card for that. Cam, do you also notice the three Adelaide players swarm in as if they were doing a 100-meter sprint to put the pressure on as well, which yes. Adelaide are renowned for that is the yep. decision. Swarm the ref as quickly as possible and put the pressure on him to make a, a quick decision. But he'd already made it. Like, as soon as he had it, before the guys, before the Adelaide players even turned, he was reaching for his back pocket. So, like, the, it was going to be red. And, uh, like... No argument for me. Definitely, definitely a red card. I felt for the kid because obviously he's he's not intended it. He's apologised to the ref and accepted the card straight away. Which, for a stat, uh, just for everybody, it is the fastest red card by a debutant in Australian National League history. Um, he yeah, he's he's taken that punishment because he knows it's coming. So, you know, that the the swarming of the ref might be there, but it wasn't necessary in that situation because the ref's already decided. 
It certainly wasn't uh, just the Adelaide players uh, surrounding Griff. There was a lot of Knicks players, including Ollie Sale, had, had ventured uh, two thirds of the way up the pitch. That though, point. so yeah, yeah, but still, he was. Um, uh, there was about four of them arguing the point after he had pulled the card out. So it goes back to remember, like, was it two seasons ago? There was this big thing about oh, the third third player who will come in to talk to the ref will get a yellow card, and that lasted about two or three weeks and I and don't even remember stop. that yeah it was, it was a, I think it may have been a big FIFA push or, or something or yeah, maybe it's a that, FIFA or the A-League you know was one to trial at first and it, it lasted for about two weeks before they sort of gave it up but it's one of those things like as soon as you start dishing cars like that they'll just like stop almost immediately like actually enforce yeah. that and, and you know have the backing of the referee's boss to, to yeah. do that and you'll start seeing this stuff clear up pretty quick Agreed. But I think I think it's interesting to see how many fans as well, both both at the game, but also people I've spoken to in, in real life and people on the forums and stuff are, are very quick to argue, oh, it was an accident. And it's like, well, actually, that doesn't matter in this scenario. It might have under old iterations of the rules, but there's no there's no requirement for any sort of intent. Danger is danger. And this is clearly dangerous. And so I think there's yeah. a lot of people still going, but he slipped. So therefore, it can't be a red card. It's like that's actually completely irrelevant to any sort of metric from the referee there. If he, if he slips or not, doesn't matter. It's, it goes back to the roofer one, for example, where they upheld that because he fell and it was a relatively natural movement, but he got him with studs, you know? This is the uh, the Andy Harper or Robbie, Robbie Slater's he's going for the ball so it doesn't matter argument, right? Yeah. One place where, where it will matter is uh, the suspension that's come in. Uh, the um, judiciary has slapped a three-match ban on SIS, which is, uh, I'm going to be fine. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, considering that it, it's where slipping does come into it, Yes. It was a complete accident. Yes, it was dangerous. No one's arguing that. And it would, I think the minimum is a one match ban. That feels about Which right. feels appropriate, right? Yeah. yeah. Initially, um, when I saw this come through, because there, there was a press release both from the Phoenix about this and the fact they were appealing, which I actually saw before I saw the, uh, the suspension. But I assumed in order to get to three weeks, they must have upgraded the offence. I thought it, they found something other than serious foul play here. And there's a minimum. Maybe they've decided it was violent conduct and gone, it's a six-week, but we've downgraded it to three for some reason. No, no, no. They've actually taken the one-week minimum and added two. I, I was surprised by that because the only way I could imagine you could end up at three is if a different offence had been written on the on the referee's card and they'd have to find a reason to bring it back down from an excessive minimum. Or he'd abused um, I, the referee or something. Well, and that was the other thing. Once I saw it was this and that upgraded, I was like, maybe he said something. Maybe there's something not in the public arena that is on the referee's mic or whatever. They've got audio of him calling him a cheat or, you know, something like that. And that's why they've upgraded it, which would be fair enough. And we might not know about that until this match review panel meets, right? But there's no suggestion there's anything like that. It looks, from everything we see on the, on the video, like he just cops the card, he leaves the field and, and everyone moves on. If anything, it's the other players who are talking shit and that shouldn't reflect on him and how many weeks he gets. Um, it won't be anything he said because his English isn't good enough. Um, <laughs> as as uh, Domi or Ufi 
pointed out on the pod a few weeks ago. He's like, it's improving, yes, definitely, but it's still not good. It's not good enough for him to be able to, in that kind of moment, to abuse the ref in English for the ref to understand. And, and there's just no evidence of it, right? Like, at, at this point, if that's what it was for, the match review panel would have said something about it. We'd be able to see something on the video. We'd see the referee react to something. We'd see something. But no one's talking about that. So it's not that. So they, they're looking at this tackle and going, that is so serious that we need to upgrade this from a red card offence. And I just don't see any precedent in that in terms of what we've seen in bans from the A-League before. I just don't see it. Yeah, see, I, I have a theory where they just, any straight red, they just dish out three three match ban and then it's up to the clubs to argue that it's less than that because I spent about 15 minutes the other day looking at other three match bans that were straight reds and lots of them were 10 times worse and they all downgraded to two matches. Um, on various appeals, so um, I, I'm, I'm not sure he'll get downgraded to to one match. Because I think that probably would look bad on the Review from panel. the A League's perspective. You'd expect at least to be downgraded to two based on what other tackles have been two card yeah. uh, two match bans for. But doesn't it look bad that you, you're throwing a three match ban on someone uh, for what is well, albeit a dangerous tackle, but as a completely accidental dangerous tackle. I think that looks just as bad, just going, oh, yeah, throwing that on. I mean, you showed, um, actually posted those videos. I mean, Mundy goes and kicks someone because the ball's kind of in the vicinity. Um, was it Ryan Grant deliberately slides in with two feet and just takes out someone's ankles and someone else stomps on someone's shin? And yeah. those were three matches downgraded to two. I, I can't equate what Sass did with what, those tackles are. In fact, I think the two matches for some of them were, was pretty generous. I, I just can't see it being if though if that's the standard for two weeks, it should be one. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting to see how many fans from other other teams think the same. I, I mean, Reddit's hardly the uh, barometer of public opinion, but it is at least a spot where all fans are interacting relatively equally. And the stories that have been posted on there about it everyone's shocked he's getting more than the one. There's, there's no one going, yes, this should be three. It's universally agreed that that's overkill for this tackle. Um, you get people on there arguing that maybe he shouldn't have given us a speech. You know, it was accidental, the red card was enough. That that The rules don't allow for that, so those people are wrong, but it shouldn't be three, and I don't think anyone other than this match review panel thinks it should be three. Yeah. Um, it seems like we're all fairly much in agreement. We're just going to have to bite our tongues till uh, that appeal goes through. Hopefully it's not uh, the three matches. Hopefully it can get it all the way down to one um, because uh, that would be rough. The poor guy only having 25 minutes and then having a bit of an accidental tutu. Uh, but one thing it did manage to do was um, solidify our game plan a bit from then on. Uh, only playing with 10, it seemed like we knew what we were doing a little better. Yeah, it's um, particularly in the second half, actually. like the Once they'd determined that actually counter-attack was the way to play, they certainly seemed to, like the defence shored up. Um, and uh, yeah, Zawada was actually, I thought he actually played a really, really solid uh, lone striker performance from that point forwards. Um Good hold-up play and good distribution with the players coming on past them. So it was actually, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was. I don't, I don't, maybe it's the fact that they couldn't push, they couldn't play the way that Ufi wanted them to in the, at the start, which wasn't working. Let's be honest. Up to that point, it hadn't been working. From that point onwards, 
yeah, it, it, uh, it changed the mindset into a way that they it galvanized them, I guess. Yeah, uh, definitely. The I, I thought they were improving in the second in the sorry the first half, and that second half was just kind of a, an iteration on that. Um, one thing that uh, Ufi does manage to do is get them organized well in defense. There's always that two banks of four once they get set. They tend to be quite quite tightly grouped which um, slows everyone down a lot. Um, that was a trademark in the second half and in, in the latter part of the first half. But as you say, Zawada looks like he's a pretty tidy wee footballer. Like he was getting monstered by two guys at t- times and just managing to still pick up the ball and hold the ball. And created at least one really good opportunity for himself in the second half with a great touch yeah. and oh. a very good uh, good uh, second touch to beat a player as well. Um, obviously, the finish was scuffed into the keeper under pressure, but that the that first touch the chance, the yes, the chance, the first, the first and second touch were excellent bits of football. Yeah, I was very surprised he got pulled off um, uh, and subbed for Wayne and Old. Uh, that not. seemed really. Because he hasn't been playing ninety minutes. Yeah, I think I think Ufi, Ufi said I think in the press conference that uh, why did they pull him off? And he, I think he said something like, "Oh, he's he just doesn't have enough minutes in him, and the only way to get minutes is him by starting him." So, yeah. um, so that's why he didn't last the, the full distance. Yeah, but it was still only what was it fifty five minutes, which I thought was. Yeah, I thought he. That. I thought he had. Yeah, I thought he had a couple more minutes in him, uh, but in the end, uh, not a bad little uh, substitution. Uh, Ben Wayne doing doing uh, some business. Um, Clayton Lewis also subbed on, um, making a making a good pass. Uh, but a nice little out of nowhere goal. Uh, one of our three shots on target. Uh, ben Wayne just finishing it off. Yeah, it's was, it was quite a well worked uh, goal, really, because I think it was uh, I think a solid. Uh, solid. <laughs> And Ollie, uh, goal kick where Wayne sort of brought it down under pressure or squared it to to Lewis, who um, put in a quite tidy tidy ball through to Costa, who, who shot. And by that stage, Wayne had burst past two two covering defenders to get there first. So it was um good sort of uh, pace and his commitment from him to to help support, even though he'd kind of done his his first bit of work um, in the build up. It was some poor from Adelaide defence though, very poor from the Adelaide defence. So they have switched off. Um, thinking that the keeper, whilst he's made that save off Costa's shot, um, the two defenders that should have beaten Wayne to the ball have just gone, nah, he'll clean that up himself. But yeah, Wayne's um, desire was excellent and his speed off the mark. He's come from a long way back mm. to get there. Yeah, which yeah. was... Uh, it was nearly yeah. halfway. Mm. Oh, no, but he, he was he was a long way out of, out of shot uh, on the TV replays when, it, when um, Costa's played that ball through. So he's come from a long way back to get there. So it's yeah, really, really poor um, awareness from the Adelaide players. Yeah, I I thought the keeper could have done a little better there too, but certainly the defender should have been tidying up because Wayne came from a long, long way back. And as quick as he is, he shouldn't be beating two defenders there. It cost his shot. I, when he shot, I, I thought that that was adventurous at best. Yeah, I guess that's what you do when you're playing on the counter, right? Uh, anytime you get in the box, yeah, yeah. And for all, you know, for him looking up, he was the only one around. Um, so I guess you got to pull the pull the trigger and, and hope for the best, I suppose. I, I thought he was. Uh, he didn't 
exactly have a defender in front of him. So I thought he would, would have tried to take another touch, at least get it into the box and force him to either make something or make a, make a rash challenge or get a better shot off. But um, you can't argue with the results. I think if he'd waited, mate, that the defender would have come across and closed that angle a bit too much. Um, and another touch would have also made it a tighter angle and maybe meant he couldn't have gone across goal. He had to go near post, which is obviously easier for the um, for the keeper to save. So I think his decision-making in that, in that situation was correct. Um, one piece of decision-making that probably will uh, get a please don't do this again... Um... Oh, Wayno, he's uh, got a bit excited and absolutely destroyed the corner flag. He really uh, is. Given it the, the full scissor kick volley. Um, I assume that he'll have to pay for that. I don't know. Shall we tweet Shane Harmon and find out? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I reckon he'll pay for it in team fines rather than actually paying for a new flag. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. So the ground people just have like. Uh... Spears. Spear flags, like, you know, hanging around. Like, or do they have to go into the sheds and get another one? Well, sheds. Um, but yes, they do have them, uh, spare ones flying, uh, lying around. So You'd assume that they do. They're not having to sit there with a piece of sellotape and just wrapping the thing up and just whacking it back <laughs> in. It's not local football. No. <laughs> um, uh, but that was kind of uh, the start of a much improved piece of uh, passage of play. Uh with Lewis on, um, Ugarkovic had looked really, really tidy already, but he really started coming into it. There was that turn in the centre where he, where he, I think, croifed one and uh, rolled the ball on another. Oh boy, I, I was, was, was this. honestly, mate, it was filthy. It was just beautiful. Like that, I, I remember that drawing applause from the crowd. That was a beautiful piece of football. Yeah, I, I thought he had a really, really good game. And with Lewis there, it just let him get about a little more and get Lewis passing. Um, we were talking uh, earlier on about the expectations on Lewis to be a little more up and down the field. And I would question whether it's like that would detract from his uh, passing. But it looked like Ugarkovic was doing that more than Lewis. Yeah, I think Ugarkovic definitely got on the ball a lot more than the other two central midfielders. Um, he seemed to, and maybe that's where we started to get a bit more even, bit more even contest with our leaders when he started to get more involved in the in the play in that about the twentieth minute mark, and he started to get maybe a little bit more control, um, or hold up play from him. But yeah, he looked really onto it. Um, even I thought Pennington did quite well. Um, he played a really good ball for Zavada, um, but he did he did make one very bad very bad pass that led to a breakaway and, and, a, and I think a shot on target. Yeah, but, there, I, there were a lot more than one. I think I think the pass he did make was one of the few forward passes he made that was that actually went to... There was a couple of times he, he passed directly to an Adelaide player. It wasn't even... His defensive work was really good, I thought. But just the frustrating thing we talked about in preseason as well, right? He'll be the same guy who'll be there to header it off the line on defense. And we saw him do that during preseason, but then under no pressure in the midfield, he'll pass it straight to straight to the opposition players. And I, I, you know, it, it's fantastic that he does these amazing things. And he usually does have one or two brilliant moments per game defensively, but in the midfield under no pressure, when you give the ball away four or five times a game, it's really hard to, to kind of go, this outweighs the other because those giveaways are just so simple. And, and you know, there are oftentimes those put us under real pressure. 
But if he could get rid of those and just give us the good stuff or even limit the times he's giving away the ball that easily, it would it, he would actually be a real asset in there. But, yeah, when you're trying to play it out and you've got no one on you and you just gift the ball away and you're back under pressure again, especially with 10 men, it, it's tough. See, I came away from that thinking that the criticisms of him were harsh. Um, I thought his performance was decent. But... Again, I'm remembering the defensive work and I'm remembering the good passes. I'm not remembering. And to be fair, as I say, Angle does make, sometimes make that whole positional stuff hard to judge. Um, so if he's giving away a pass, I can't sometimes tell if he's generally just fucked it up or whether the Adelaide player has just read it well. You know, there's, and yeah, you just can't be sure. So um, I thought, yeah, this criticism was harsh, but everybody is coming out going, yeah, he did these cool things, but. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of errors in that game. So, yeah. I, I think it's probably not even just this game, right? I think I think this might have been one of his better games, but we've seen it mm. from him a lot, and it's still there, right? And and so I think that that kind of wealth of knowledge builds in your mind. So when he gives away another, you know, easy pass, you notice it more than you might with someone who traditionally doesn't give those away. You know, it's a great it's a great um, issue to have, though, right? With, with when Rufa comes back. Who are you going to start? Like that performance from Yugakovic was excellent. I thought, it, in my opinion, he was our player of the day. He was absolutely fantastic in both attack and defence and transition. Everything he touched turned to gold. He was he was excellent. Um, I think he cements that place. When Rufa comes back, who do you play? Who do you play in there? Because we need a six, right? And Lewis and Yugakovic are both eights. And I'm just I'm just not sure how we can shoehorn all of those people into that um, into that midfield. I, to be honest, the the passing that Lewis was able to get going, um, especially um, in that uh, earlier parts of that second half, I th- I think that that's exactly what you want from him. You want him getting on the ball, getting uh, getting himself into space to to pick a pass, and that's kind of his forte in my mind. The fact that Ugarkovic can get around and and get involved a little more uh, just allows Lewis to do that. Um, and the fact that uh, you had uh, Moragas up that left side, he got forward, I think, really well. But a, a bit like Pennington, he'd make this very good run, get the ball, maybe even beat a player. But then when he went to cross, I think he hit one good cross the entire time. The rest, he like he sliced one, hooked one. Just the delivery wasn't quite there. Everything else was, was pretty decent, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. He definitely got more um, forward than Tim Payne did. Um, I don't know if that's just because of how we were playing or Adelaide's structure or whatever. But yeah, like you say, I think his crossing was particularly bad and and that's not great when you're only going to have a few handful of chances that, you know, he's spraying a couple of, you know, crosses nowhere near um, the target. I think a couple went straight out from memory in that first half in particular. Mm, There was one that ended up almost being a shot on goal um, and one that went, uh, over the byline, which was, it's kind of a bit unforgivable. Uh, it, better to you know step on the ball and and pass it back and retain possession if you if you're playing with ten men than uh, give it straight back. I I thought. Um, anyone else kind of uh, take your eye as far as uh, good play goes? I thought, yeah, I thought just in general, I thought our defending was was pretty pretty sound. Really, um, yeah, we gave out we gave up the wide areas essentially and, and just let Adelaide sort of take those those channels outside of the width of the box. You know, I think they had something like 40-something crosses in their game, and, and I don't really remember us looking too 
too too shaky at those. Um, seemed like Uten kind of was was sort of clean at most, and when there wasn't, the sail was kind of there. And, and while there's a few sort of eerie moments for the, the swirling wind, um, I thought we managed to deal with those reasonably well. It was something I was quite impressed with. It was our ability in the air. That's not something the Knicks have been renowned for in the past, but I, I felt as soon as Adelaide put the ball in the air, we had it under control. Except for that one where it got launched into the box and was it Laws who like let it go through to Ollie Salant hit him in the back of the head because it had held up in the wind and went out for a corner. Yeah, yeah that was funny. <laughs> yeah, Wellington wind, especially in the stadium, is uh, is a bit of an experience and they're obviously a bit out of practice. It was, oh, uh, actually, a large majority of them haven't played in that wind. Played there, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You make a good point. It was amazing that yeah. uh, that was uh, Wayne's first goal at uh, Sky Stadium. It's, you know, it's 15th goal and it's his first at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's around. horrifying. And it probably, to be fair, he probably hasn't had that many performances no. in Wellington. I remember a couple off the bench uh, under Roots. Uh, was it under Roots, or maybe it was first year of Ufi? But you know, it's it's not like he's it's not like he's made a lot pile of um, appearances here. No. Hopefully, he gets plenty more this season. Eh? Well, yeah, it's an interesting conundrum. Now we've seen Zavada play uh, some pretty tidy football, albeit a little light on minutes. We've seen Ben Wayne um, put his hand up with good work rate, some um, nice position play, and obviously getting that absolute poacher's goal, which is good. Costa, I thought, was a little off the boil. Was that fair? No, I don't think that's fair. I think he actually did okay. Um, I don't actually think there was a bad performance amongst us, uh, about, amongst the team. I think once we were down to 10, we uh, everybody like put their hands up and stood up and defended stoutly and got the forwards got forward when they could in their you know in the chances that we were creating. Costa did get that assist for that goal. He was in the right place to take the shot. But the opportunities weren't well they, well, they were few and far between, you know, there weren't just weren't lots of them. So yeah, I'm yeah. actually I'm actually okay with how he performed in this game. You were playing without a man for so much of the game. It's it's hardly a surprise that our um, our kind of front third wasn't imposing itself on them. You know, we were we were playing counter attacking. We were playing without most of the possession. Um, so I'm not surprised they weren't particularly involved. But I do think the signs we saw were promising. I think you could see there from Kryev, Costa, Zawada, um, Old Wayne when he was on. You know that that the combinations will come. You know there were little glimpses of what it could be. But you can tell they hadn't played that much football together yet and that we were playing a man down without that many chances because they weren't getting time to kind of build into much. Um, the few chances they had, you thought, shit, this could be really good, but it's not there yet. It'll be it'll be fascinating to see what that's like in a few more weeks. It does. Um, obviously, Sasa's, uh, whatever the suspension ends up, at least one week, uh, up to three. You'd hope it doesn't go up. Um, but that does give uh, an opportunity now for one of those um, forward-line players to get uh, a start. Who do we think that is? Wayne. With ball out, Ben Wayne starts. So who plays who plays the other 10 role? He'll play, he'll play Wayne wide because um, Zavada is, is a 9. So he will play... Um, well, if he's going to do 4-2-2-2, as he does, then it'll be Zavada and Wayne up top and Costa and Kraev playing behind. But it felt quite, well, in the first 25 minutes anyway, if when they when they did get on the ball, it did felt quite fluid, you know? I think Zavada was the only one that was really playing that point 
role. The others seem to, you know, switch around and move around quite a lot. So, Krayev, that seems to be a, a feature of his play. He just pops up all over the place, which it's kind of weird seeing a guy playing wide 10 to show up in the, you know, almost in the six pocket, pick up, pick up the ball and just shimmer pass over and get back, get himself back into position. He, he seems like he's a very um, aware footballer. Once, once we get used to him, it's going to be very hard for teams to play against that. But I don't, as, as you pointed out previously, that doesn't look like we are yet used to how we each other plays. So it might take some time. But he does look, oh, he's just, yeah, he, he looks very accomplished. He, he's certainly, there's certainly something about him that I quite like. Yeah, he turned a couple of the defenders inside out. I think one time he had a couple of, he was on the, on the touchline. And two, two defenders on him and, and managed to turn them both and, and put in a cross. I think might have got partially blocked, but he just is one of those believe that can get out of a tight situation, which usually means yeah you know, he's got quite good technical ability. Uh, one stat that I, I just popped up in front of me before was that it was showing we had a pretty low um, pass percentage down in the in fact it was seventy one percent. Are we putting this down to just the number of balls that we? just cleared or would, this is something that we normally see in about the mid 80s from movies team i don't know mate. if you're going to be play you're playing 75 minutes with uh, or 70 minutes down a man i'm pretty sure occasionally you are just going to have to hoof it upfield i wouldn't be too putting too much faith in those stats after that kind of game yeah 20 percent of our passes were long passes so that probably explains a bit of trying to relieve some pressure i'd say yeah it's, it's hard to read much into the stats as cam says in a game like that where you played most of it with only 10 um, you know, that immediately changes, you know, everything about the tactics that if you would have talked about pre-match had to change. And it was good to see that it, it kind of revved us up going into halftime. But you know that the reason we came out stronger in that second half is if you told them what we were going to do now, you know, you'd actually had that new tactical chat of how it looks with him. Is this just a question of um, uh, new players in the team? Because normally you'd expect that, what do we do if we go down to 10 kind of, scenario to be well rehearsed by say the middle of the season i mean potentially you you usually don't expect a straight red this early in the game obviously it's always a possibility but i don't think going into your your season opener that's one you've discussed extensively at this point of the season right like i i think it's a new team that would have had bigger focuses at training and in their, in their video sessions and tactical discussions and all of those sessions would be focused on much more than than this scenario right you would have had some idea. And the, and the good thing about the formation he plays, as Cam said, is it's a very fluid formation. Everyone's expected to be relatively fluid in their positions. Um, you don't have a lot of people who um, are really fixed to a spot and don't move much. It, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of overlapping and changing sides and, you know, a lot of a lot of free movement there. So you expect this system and this formation to be relatively adaptable anyway. Apart from my brothers in the centre-back union, yeah, I, I'd say that's probably uh, fair. Um, so we'll just go uh, so we can get around to the uh, other games in the round. Uh, uh, give me your how, how you feel about that game, uh, about the rest of the season based on that game and what you think uh, will be the uh, points at training that Ufi will be hammering home to get right next time. Dale's got a pensive look on his face. I'm tentatively optimistic, I think, after that. Um, I mean, I think it could have quite easily been a game where we, we lost 2 or 3-0 based on, you know, the red card and stuff like that. And the fact we didn't and defended well and 
yeah, I, I'm hopeful that our defense is a bit more solid than it was last year. Yeah, points to work on. Oh, I don't know. Maybe Ben Wayne's goal celebration. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure the fines will um, manage that. If he won't have to hammer that home too much, I hope. Yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. Again, cautiously, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think um, we can't take too much away. Obviously, we're not going to be playing with ten for seventy minutes every week, so I can't take uh, too much of negative away from that. The positives I take out of that were we were defensively sound. Um, we say we conceded the areas we needed to concede. We played very well in the counter-attack when the opportunity arose. Um, and uh, Zavada looks like he could be a good, a really good pick-up in that uh, nine role for the other more creative players to play off, which is great. Um, I don't think there's a hell of a lot to work on um tactically from that performance i think they they put out there exactly what you'd expect a team playing with 10 men for that length of time to do i think um ufi will be quietly happy with the way the team's um with the way the team's performed what about you tracy what are you thinking what's the feels and what's the work on uh i'm pretty happy I think maybe we do need to keep, just keep playing with 10 men because we were much better when we only had 10. <laughs> so maybe it needs to be a feature of our play. I don't know. Um, I think for me, conceding in the 93rd minute is ratchet. Um, so my work on is to stay switched on until the final whistle blows. That is a very solid point. The fact that we glossed over the fact that we conceded in the 93rd is kind of probably the uh, trauma. Uh, Dave, what about you? Uh, I think I think I'm more optimistic than I was previously. Um, I think for most of us, kind of coming into the season, our big question mark remained over how we would how we would go defensively. I think we we knew we had some personnel there, but that was probably most people's kind of biggest worry. Obviously, up front we've got a bunch of new signings, etc. But our defense has looked shaky for a long time. Here we were a man down. We actually showed we can dig out a pretty good defensive performance. We we certainly saw 70 minutes of us playing pretty well defensively. We faced 12 corners. Obviously, one of them we won't talk about, but the other 11 barely came to anything. You know, we're, we're talking about a lot of set pieces, a lot of possession against us, a lot of passes, a lot of shots, and very little of it was even remotely um, dangerous for us, right? Um, I think I think there's some positives to take out of that. If we can play that well defensively, all we've got to sort is up front. And I don't know that we can take a lot from this game about how we're going to go up front because it wasn't that kind of game. You know, the, the game plan had been thrown out after 20 minutes and this was just about digging out whatever result we could. We got it. I think you'll see us go into round two, trying to put out the performance if he wanted us to put out in round one. Um, you know, he only got to do 20 minutes of it and the boys clearly were not executing what he wanted to execute because we were rat shit for those 25 minutes for the most part. So I think they'll get a bollocking at training. That'll be what he wants to work on is them going out there from the you know the first whistle and doing what he wants them to be doing. And so when we see that, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, I'm exactly in that boat. It's just, it'll be start properly, get your head in the game. And um, I'm quietly hopeful just the individual performances were really good. If we can, if we can get them playing together, it should be interesting. Just, just, just on that goal. Would Sus have been on that post? Well, it wasn't on the post. It was off. If, but there was, it there was, was no one out. on that post, right? So, and there was on the other post. There was someone on the near uh, post. There were there, no there were two there. guys. 
there were two guys there, but they both dropped inside the six-yard box. If you haven't they, sorted they someone away. to cover his post by the 93rd minute, how did we get through the rest of those corners? Like, that's not the issue here. I think, I think as Tracy said, they switched off a little there, particularly with the big stoppage just before it. Um, but it was, it was a shit goal. It was shit defending. It, it wasn't a great set piece. But all that matters is it went to the back of the net, you know? Um, but I think... The other thing I would take some confidence from is how bad the other games across the league were. Um, Oof, yeah, yes. There were five games played, four of them with dog shit, including ours, arguably. Um, one game looked like a decent game of football. Um, so Was I, that the one I, that got rained off? <laughs> no, I said of the five played. Um, but so I don't, I don't think you're. I don't think looking across the league, you're thinking anyone else has come out of the gates firing here either. No. Well, we'll go through those games, seeing if you've uh, segued us in there, Dave. Uh, First game of the round was uh, Melbourne City taking on Western United and getting a 2-1 win over Western. Um, This wasn't the greatest game I have ever seen, uh, albeit I was watching it with my eyes closed half the time. City, not tremendously convincing, was spurning chances. it feels like they're a good team. They just, this is very early days for them. And Weston didn't look like they were particularly firing shots. No. Yeah, the interesting thing about that was Western United, who basically built their title of being really good at the back, were absolutely dog shit at the back and gifted Melbourne City two blatant goals from, from fairly capital forward type defending. Melbourne City was like better, but not you know, under the pump, or, you know, or dominant, dominant or anything like that, um, but relied on two sort of, yeah, average goals to, to get them the points. Yeah. Yeah, decidedly bad. Um, a early season performances, nothing to read in, or is this warning signs for for Western? Don't know. Early season, yeah. Yeah, take silence is it's too early for us as well. I, I think I think the, the tough one about that is they're probably the squad that had the least change, aren't they? They, they've got a pretty settled squad, One so you off. would expect them to have as much rust to blow off, right? Um, but they certainly looked rusty, so there's, if I was coaching that side, I'd be worried because I would be expecting those guys to know each other pretty well. They've had a full preseason. They've played a lot of games. You wouldn't have expected them to still look that ratchet at the back. Um, yeah, probably with um, pointing out that Leo Lacroix is going to have a very long season unless he... Uh, improves his position yeah. uh, got his pocket pick twice that uh, and just easy easy pickpockets um yeah i if he plays again in the next couple of weeks i would be very surprised it was yeah horrible um he's definitely out of the cb union i think uh the next game was the raw versus macarthur this ended with a nil all draw uh not the greatest highlight for the uh, league um low standard of play gents and ladies i only, only saw bits of it but i'm just having a look at the stats and both teams had low 70 percent passing accuracy which probably shows you how uh fluid that game was fluid. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it was fluid running down someone's leg i think it was just yeah. awful to watch i have the I game on I had the game on for all 90 minutes, but honestly, I can't even remember a single talking point. I it, honestly yep. just, I, I, yeah, I had it on. It washed over me. There was nothing in that game. It was just <laughs> Yeah, we'll move swiftly on to the uh, the big blue. 
um, Sydney uh, FC versus Melbourne, Melbourne Victory. Uh, Victory coming up 3-2 winners over Sydney. Was this the game that actually was good this weekend? Because I haven't seen any football other than ours. It wasn't bad. I wouldn't say but... the football was great, but it was an exciting game. You know, this was this was entertaining. There were there were lead changes. There was late drama. Like it was it was yeah, it was good watching. And the football I would say was better than the other games. But if this is the highest standard we're going to reach this season, I mean the season's going to be pretty dire. So I, I hope these teams have some some you know some exciting football to come. Because, yeah, this was entertainment because it was, you know, the, the big two clubs at a new stadium in front of a big crowd to start the season. That's where the excitement came from, not from amazing football. Yeah, I've got to agree. It was it was, it was, was interesting. It was uh, it was good popcorn, I think. Uh, Nani didn't look too bad, uh, not worth the money he's being paid. But, you know, we'll give him, give him a chance to get his 30-something-year-old legs into the A-League before I start criticising too much. Hey, he got me 12 points in fantasy. Oh, well, okay. He's forgiven. I'm sure someone that fantasy doesn't come into, the Wanderers versus Perth. Uh, a 1-0 win to the Wanderers. Um, Perth, not great, as expected. Uh, Wanderers getting all three points. Are they going to be doing this that this often? Honestly, I think yeah. the highlight from this game is that David Williams came on for Perth. <laughs> so... We all loved him here, and I can't think of anything else positive to say about either of those two teams. I mean, we, we expected Perth to struggle, right? So mm-hmm. I, from, from the, I didn't see all of this one. This is the one game I didn't see all of. Um, the bits I saw, they did look like they're, they're going to struggle, and the Wanderers didn't put them to the sword. Um, so I, I don't know how much you can take away from that. Obviously, they got the three points. It's first round of the season. There'll be a bit of rust there, but I, I would expect the Wanderers to have put more past them based on what I saw from Perth, and they didn't. So that might be a worry for them, or it might just be early season jitters. Yep. Yeah, I think that's the uh, just the round there. Uh, obviously, with uh, the Mariners and Jets game being called off due to uh, the field turning into a lake, um, it's been postponed for a time yet to be determined. But yes. I, I love the optimism from, I don't know who, but whoever thought... We'll stick around for an hour and give you an update because we all saw those photos and it was yep. it was clear based on not only the fact the field was flooded but the fact it was still raining that an hour wasn't going to solve the problems they had there. You know, maybe oh. if it was baking down sunlight, fifty degree heat wave, and you know the rain had stopped, maybe maybe there was going to be a miracle to come. But it was still tipping down. It just wasn't going to happen. It's, a, it's some solid faith in the ground drainage. When you yeah. think that in those situations there's going to be a kickoff in an hour, um, there's going to have to be some pretty parched earth <laughs> to be sucking oh, up that kind of. Aussie uh, grounds don't drain particularly well anyway because they they are baked solid, just won't absorb water, and half of them are that heavy sand. Uh, we've all seen what Suncorp looks like after a, after a bit of a drizzle. But this did look um, a bit like that. To be fair, it was pretty ugly. Yeah, it was. Um, but that'll that game will be. Uh, Later on in the season, uh, we're not really too sure when. Uh, it does bring us on to the next next game will be against the Mariners. Uh, obviously, uh, Sars is suspended. Um, the Mariners will be missing uh, Kual and Triantis. Uh, they're away with the... Um, what are the juniors Aussie... Uh, Do they call them the Ollie Roos? Is that the... That's the 23s, I oh, think. Joey's? 
the Joeys, maybe. Yeah, I, they have some ridiculous names, but regardless, Kuala and Dranda saw away with the under-20 t- team. Um, and uh, of local note, Brian Kaltak might be uh, getting a start for them. He was uh, due to start for them. Uh, he'd have got his contract as an injury replacement earlier on uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Um, so it might be a bit of a homecoming for him in a way. Yeah, and he was he was listed in the starting starting lineup for the for the F three derby that got rained off. So if they were starting him for that, I don't see why he wouldn't start here. Mm. Yep, that makes sense. Um, yeah, saying it is a homecoming. He's played plenty of football in Wellington. I think first club in well in uh, New Zealand was uh, Waterside Karori. So uh, yeah, good player. Good good luck to him. And Mariners have looked really good in preseason. Their results are really really solid. They've uh, you know they're beating people that you wouldn't have otherwise otherwise expected them to do, and they appear to be scoring goals. So um, it's hard. I mean, again, preseason results. You know, take it with a grain of salt. But um, it's all we've got at the moment to judge them on, and they've looked okay. Um, not having Kual there is a bit of a um the yeah, X factor. Massive for right. us, mate. That's great for us. Yeah. yeah, it does it does reduce their firepower somewhat, but still, obviously, they've got uh, Cummings there as well. Uh, but only means having to look after him and not Kual as well. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and hopefully, we can get those three points. On to the next scenario is member packs have started arriving apparently. Uh, I haven't got mine yet, but I bought my membership slightly late. Oh, drips <laughs> for those drips uh, is modelling. <laughs> yep, pulling out the keyring that is definitely not a Mariners keyring, even though it's slightly blue. I I I want to love the keyring, but it's blue. It's blue. It's just Very not black. It's, it's not black. No, it's, it's just blue as you can it. see on the screen there. I, yeah. I, I see that, and I, I, I can't tell, you know, blue black yeah. on that screen, unfortunately. But it looks cool. I really like oh, it. 100%. I hundred yeah. percent. I opened it. Well, I I got the pack, and I was like, oh, the, the merch this year is is actually really nice. It's it's high quality stuff. The the lapel pin's really good. I honestly have no idea about that weird sticker thing um, that's in the back of your phone. I'm told, but I opened that up. Was like, it's a sticker. Great. Um, it's have you got that, Jace? Yeah. What's that one? It it's pops a pop out socket. that you can hold your phone. Like, you stick that bit to the phone. You oh, put your yeah. finger in there so that it holds the phone, like, without makes it less likely for you to drop your phone or something. Like, I'm not saying I love it, but... I will never be using that. It spins, Dave. Hmm? Well, yeah, because it's, it's not popped out in the packet. It's just It just looks like a sticker that spins. I was like, this is weird. Because um, <laughs> it's something but... you could attach, attach to the windscreen of your car. I mean, I'm sure you could. Yeah. If you wanted, if, you wanted to, if you wanted to hold your car with two fingers, I'm sure you could. <laughs> yeah, but it um, yeah. yeah, no, it's really nice stuff, and and even even the the pack itself, you know, there's a there's a big membership card that's that's really high quality. I was like, actually, that some effort's gone into this this year, this it's year, which high, is great. It's high quality, but the cardboard thing is excessive. Like, it's so massive, and I don't <laughs> understand why. It's like an A3 piece of card plus. Yeah. It's actually probably bigger than A3. It's like a birthday card, like the big birthday cards you get in a, in a corporate workplace just to have like two paragraphs of text that's like, thank you. Yeah, there you go. That bad boy. What comes it's on cool, the but it's ridiculous. It literally just says some words on the inside. Yeah. Unmissable. Fair enough. Yeah. And there's a scarf um, that you have to click to match day. But it's good, it's good to see them have arrived out. Um, obviously, would have been nice to have them for round one, but to be fair... Given historic issues with uh, member packs and cards and all that sort of stuff, I think this has been pretty smooth. What does that season ticket look like? There we go. Actually, that's a good design. Actually, I quite like that. 
Dale, mate, New Balance um, discount wasn't there for you. It was not. I'm seething. I'm seething. I'm <laughs> After Domi's promise. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text Domi and get off this call. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't text did. him. Just send him the audio direct from his interview. Just send him yeah. that and he'll know. <laughs> yeah, I... After that kind of promise straight from the the man himself, it's uh, oh you've been you've been hard served there. The uh, women's team not yet playing, but uh, I believe they're just about to get back together. Yeah, if they're not if they're not in this week, they'll definitely be in by next week, I think. So they're certainly certainly going to be around in the very near future, which is very exciting. Yeah. Um, and also of note, uh, Mackenzie Barry got uh, got her football ferns cap. Uh, this week, I believe, as well. Cool. Yeah, that's well-deserved. I thought she's been really good uh, last season and uh, hasn't looked too bad for the Ferns as well. Looking at the agenda here, I see the cryptic Weenix mention and nothing else under it. I'm going to assume they're doing okay because every time I look, they seem to be doing okay. I heard that Cam's written a full match review. Yeah, fuck. Apparently I'm the only person that's seen it. Um, and I'll be honest, there's I don't remember too much uh, too much about it. Um, watched it all through a viewfinder as well as running off to do a few other bits and pieces around the stadium before too many people got in. So um, I don't, They did uh, blow a 2-0 lead they though, right? They did blow a 2-0 lead. Oh, a 10-man um, Auckland United side. Oof. Um, the, all the goals were scored before the red card, I want to say. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, um, but yeah, the, the what I do recall is that the teams were very evenly matched. And uh, it was entertaining without being too exciting, if that makes sense. Um, they, um, yeah, it was uh, not. There could have been a lot more goal mouth, a lot more shots and stuff like that. But you know, there was it was competitive. The teams looked like they could uh, match up quite well. But yeah, I just I'm struggling to remember anything with any great detail from the match at all. Sorry, sorry, that's not what you're here for. But I'll try and do better with the game this this uh, this Sunday. Yeah, well, I don't know. Vague, vague, unsupported reckons are kind of um, our wheelhouse, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are, and I'm okay with that. Uh, some of the results from the rest of that round were Christchurch United and Napier City uh, eking out a one-all draw. Um, Rangers went down to Birkenhead United four to two. Uh, I, did, Auckland... I did see that one. Oh, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Mm. It hurts. Uh, Auckland City getting themselves 2-0 up over Kashmir Tech. Uh, then, as we talked about, the Knicks blowing a 2-0 start and drawing 2-0 with 10-man Auckland United. Melville going down 4-0 to uh, Bubbles. Not surprised, Ouch. actually. The Olympic, definitely the best team out of Wellington and looking the business. They should have beaten Auckland City and were unlucky not to. Certainly unlucky not to get a point out of that game, um, which I put down to the ref. And not the not the performance. So um, I actually think Wellington Olympic, if they keep up that standard, they do have a shout of making top two, certainly top four, um, but certainly they've got a, they've got a shout at top two. Uh, looking at that table, uh, one team that's really going to struggle to make any top of anything is Rangers, sitting at the bottom uh, with uh, nil point as they would say. Um, the Knicks, uh, roughly mid-table, uh, only one point, unfortunately. Uh, it's all pretty close this early in the season. Um, and Bubbles uh, sitting with three points in fifth, uh, three points off the lead, still early days. 
I think the problem they've got there at Rangers is that they've had 13 or maybe now 14 players that uh, have gone since the start of the season, and they're quality players. Like, you could make a hell of a starting lineup with the players that they've lost. And I think it's just too much to be able to put in a National League-level performance week in, week out when you lose that kind of quality from your squad in such a short period of time. Um, I think if they'd held on, if, if they were the team they were in... Uh, March, I think their performances will be, you know, a lot. They'll be a lot more competitive in the league, and I just think they're just, they're just unlucky, mate. They've done lucky to have lost so many good players. I know this is, I mean, not something we usually um, talk about this league, but um, I just do want to give a shout out to the two um, Cap Prem boys who made their national league debut on the weekend for the Miramar side. Yeah, they did it right. I think, uh, I, can't, I don't remember the names, but one of them came on at uh, central midfield and did really well. Actually, I thought he performed quite well. So considering the level of uh, the level of team they're up against in Birkenhead, where, where I think they finished second in the Northern League, so a very, very good sign. So considering that, they did very well. Yep. Uh, so the next game that we have uh, coming up for the Knicks is, he says, here we go. 3 p.m. on Sunday, uh, hosting the Mariners. Uh, another 3 p.m. Uh, kickoff. How did we find the 3 p.m. kickoff? Those that attended, I found it Brilliant. good from home. Brilliant. <laughs> Very. I dislike it, but I'm always going to be in the minority. Yeah, yeah, it's in the middle of my day. Like you can't yeah. achieve anything before it, and you can't achieve anything after it. Like it's just yeah. smack bang there. Yeah, brilliant. Means your whole day is dedicated to it. It suits families well, um, but I think it's a it's a struggle for anyone who's not a family situation. Um, but obviously that's what they're targeting, that's what they've wanted, and they've got it. So fingers crossed it comes through in the crowd numbers. Obviously the crowd at the weekend wasn't bad, um, especially when you look across the league. I mean, you had, you had a big crowd in Sydney for that big blue. All of the rest of them were sitting around the same level as us, you know, seven 8,000. Um, and we're smack bang in the middle of school holidays. So fingers crossed that number only goes up given we're targeting families. I'll admit I was quite disappointed about that. I thought with the first, you know, first home game back, having the season back, I was thinking it was going to be, you know, 11, 12 and up. I didn't think it was going to be eight and a half. I would actually, hope so you guys too. all made the same point last week that it's, oh, actually the season's here. It's crept up on us and it's arrived. Rather than hmm. realising and building to actually it's this Sunday, you're all going, actually, oh, it's here. You know, I think there might have been quite a bit of that. Um, but I agree. I think, I think honestly, the 3 o'clock kickoff time is brilliant and it's only going to serve to improve the crowds. So you think that the crowd's going to be better this uh, round? Or Perhaps not about this same? round because it's the end of school holidays and, uh, again, that does make an impact. Um, but I think over the term, the 3 o'clock kickoffs will prove uh, fruitful for crowd numbers. I tell you what, shirts off was was quite quite nice actually at three pm for the thirteen minutes that we did it for. Yeah. It was not great to watch, mate. It's very early season. There's not a lot of tan going on. <laughs> yeah, I believe from what I've been told from people who are watching the game that I was on screen when they were talking about the uh, very winter tans. Yeah, <laughs> yes, nice. uh, I, I made a note. Um, Mr. Spoonley called. Uh, a number of people out for being pasty and you were right in the middle. Um, I mean, he's not wrong, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, ho- hopefully, mate, it's a nice, lot more sunny weather and we can all uh, get a little colour and some vitamin D. Uh, 
and I think that probably brings us to a close uh, on those wonderful images that are probably scarred in your minds forever. Man, I can post uh, a photo of it in the chat if you want. We've all seen it enough, Cam. It's fine. <laughs> Audio format, mate, it's not really a selling point. Uh, so we'll leave it there, close out, uh, unless anyone has any final words. No. I'll take that as a no. Uh, thanks for listening, and on behalf of Dale, Cam, Dave, Tracy, and myself, thanks for listening. Bye.